Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Hi everyone, how you doing? It is good to see you all. You know, each week I'm so grateful to be together, just to be able to worship and to pray. Uh, and uh, it's so good. Our corporate practices of worship, prayer, the study of the Bible, fellowship together are all very important practices of our faith. And so I don't, I think it's important we don't take for granted uh, our um, opportunity to be together. And it is joyful when we get to be together. So I'm, I'm thankful. Well, you'll be happy to hear that as we uh, 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 jump into our Acts series for today, we're finally moving on from chapter 9. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, it was so good to spend, we had spent three weeks in chapter 9 uh, looking at the conversion of Saul and all the kind of happenings around that. But today, uh, we move on to the next part of our story, which gets real exciting really fast. In fact, Pastor Holly and I were joking. We spent three weeks in chapter 9. We're going to try to cover all of chapter 10 today. <laughs> so it's gonna, we're, we're going to move pretty quickly through, uh, through here. So as we enter in chapter 10, uh, it's kind of like, when you think about what we've been looking at, it's kind of like we take a step back uh, and are drawn once again into the larger story of what's happening in the world at that time. Uh, we've been a little bit, a little bit, we've been laser focused on Saul, uh, but now once again we have this wider view of how the gospel is moving throughout the world. And it's incredible what we get to see. So we've been observing this progression as we've been studying Acts. We've been observing this progression since the beginning of the book of the gospel as it moves further away from Jerusalem. Uh, out into other parts of the world. Uh, we've, also seen how the, we've also seen the gospel interact with a, a number of different types of people. So we've, we've seen it interact with some, uh, some Jewish people, the Samaritans, remember the Ethiopian official, and the Gentiles kind of in general. Uh, we've been uh, watching the gospel move out beyond Jerusalem and in, encounter other people. Though, as uh, we've, we've been noting that this progression is important, uh, and has been part of God's plan all along. However, uh, we are nine chapters into Acts, and one group of people that has not been mentioned specifically are those pesky Romans <laughs> that we find in the book until chapter 10. Now, there are two major steps forward in the story uh, and in the movement of the gospel to the wider world that are vitally important here uh, in chapter 10. So, we're going to read a lot of scripture today, uh, and uh, so we're going to try to cover, we won't read all of chapter 10, but we're going to read a good chunk of it. So we're going to start in chapter 10, uh, and it's worth it to go through most of this together. So Acts chapter 10, uh, verse 1 through 8, we're going to start there. It says this, that in Caesarea there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was the captain of the Italian regiment. He was devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? It's very soldier-like in that response, right? What is it, sir? Uh, he asked the angel, and the angel replied, Your prayers uh, and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa, and summon a man named Simon Peter. 
he is staying with Simon, another, a different Simon, a tanner, who lives near the seashore. As soon as this angel has, was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a, an, and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants, and he told them what happened and sent them off to Joppa. Okay, what a moment. This is, this is very different from what we've been seeing so far. There are a few important things to know about the beginning of chapter 10, and it starts off by telling us where this is all happening, and that's why it's important for us to remember we've been tracking this progression of the gospel from Jerusalem out to other parts of the world. It's all happening in Caesarea. Uh, So we've been slowly making our way outside of Jerusalem, but here in chapter 10, we take a major leap out to what is kind of the, the the furthest known parts of the world at this point, or at least in this area. In fact, I have a map because I don't usually show maps, but I think it's important that we see just how far away this is. So our story so far in Acts has been in and around Jerusalem. You can see Caesarea way up top, super far up there on the coast. That's why, you know, maybe it's, a, it's like, okay, uh, Cornelius, he's, he's, a, he's Italian and they just want to s- live on the coasts. So there you go. Uh, so you can kind of see uh, this is very, very far. This is more than 30 miles away from Jerusalem. It is up there. So this represents a major leap from where we have been and watching the gospel begin to expand out into uh, a really significant area uh, much, much, much further out. It's, it's fascinating when you, get to, when you realize that. So Caesarea was a very important coastal town. It was a port that King Herod had built up to force all traders to have to come through it and then pay a nice tax as they did. <laughs> uh, it was also the place uh, through which most of the grain came into this area. Grain alone was vital for the Roman control of all of this area, and all of that came through Caesarea. There were many things that the Romans relied on, but um, most of what they relied on, especially for control of this area, all came through Caesarea. So Caesarea was also, as kind of another layer to this, was also typically where the governor of the area lived. So maybe you're getting a picture that this is an important place right? This is an important place. Um, One commentary article said this, that there were plenty of backwaters in the Roman Empire where a soldier who wasn't really worth his salt could be sent. Caesarea wasn't one of them. Uh, It was a key port and a key strategic zone. So with all of this in mind, we're kind of getting, we're maybe beginning to understand just how important this area and Cornelius was. And maybe how shocking, we'll find out that it's actually kind of shocking Uh, that Luke includes him in this chapter here. And just to make it even more clear, I'd like to share another aspect of how Cornelius would have been received by Luke's readers and treated by the people in Caesarea. So we need to keep in mind that even though Caesarea was an important port town, it was on the edge of kind of Roman-controlled area and that. It wasn't close to Jerusalem. It wasn't close to Rome itself. Uh, It wasn't close to kind of a big city center uh, and so for those living far away from a main hub of society, they likely held some stereotypes of people and places. For example, stereotypes of Roman soldiers. And T. Wright writes this, And if you lived in one of the far-flung corners of the Roman Empire, you would hear of Rome spoken in glowing tones. And in a city and an empire built on military success, with demigods who strode around and made things happen, they were, of course, the military officers. They could make or break an emperor. 
They could snap their fingers and have you flogged or killed or your house demolished. When you got near Rome or a a Roman military base anywhere in the world, say, for example, in Jerusalem, you would see one or two of them walking around and you would think, oh, there they are. Those are the people. They are what it's all about. So these Roman soldiers walking around in all their gleaming armor with all the power that they carried that Rome represented had kind of a mystique and a mysterious kind of aspect to them. So Cornelius is one of those famed Roman soldiers, and he's a high-ranking one in charge of a very important town. (laughs) All of that we learn in the very first sentence of chapter 10. (laughs) In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was captain of the Italian regiment. Kind of fascinating. So the context is very important for us as we look at this. But then Luke shares something that completely disrupts the stereotype that most of his readers would have had because what does he write about Cornelius? He writes, he was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household, and he gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. Okay, what? (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) That just doesn't happen. Cornelius was devout. He was a man of prayer. He had respect for the Jewish people and their traditions. He sought after God. He was one who was seeking truth. And it's really fascinating that he wasn't one or didn't, Luke didn't describe him as one who uh, went after all of the Roma gods and all of the, their pantheon of different religious things that they had going on for him. He was seeking God. And he gave generously to the poor. He was generous with his money. It's incredible that Luke continues to tell stories of real people in real life with real life change in order to get his readers, likely Jewish readers, but also non-Jewish readers, to begin to imagine that what they thought was impossible with God is actually possible. (laughs) You can't write about a Roman soldier like this. What? This is crazy. That the gospel can reach people who are considered unreachable. And that at Jesus' invitation, they, they have Jesus' invitation into the kingdom, that that invitation is now for those who were supposed to be avoided at all costs. Luke is helping shift people's minds and heart. What are you doing, God? This is incredible. Come on, Luke. I mean, there are people that we shouldn't even talk to, right? Like the Romans, especially Roman soldiers. Don't you remember? They killed Jesus. <laughs> In fact, we have laws against it. Laws that say we can't eat with people, we can't sit with people, we can't eat the same kind of foods that they do. And if they're going to be invited into the family of God, something drastic is going to have to change. Verse 9. The next day, Cornelius' messengers were nearing town. Peter went up on a flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. (laughs) But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. And in the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles, and birds. And then a voice said to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean. But but the voice spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. The same vision then was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven, and Peter was very perplexed. 
What could the vision mean? And just then, the men sent by Cornelius found Simon the Tanner's house. Something drastic is going to have to change. And then we read that God gives Peter this fantastic vision where he doesn't know yet, but everything to a whole nother degree is about to change. What Peter saw on that sheet are, are foods and animals that were not, they, he was not supposed to eat. It doesn't get more dramatic than this moment in this chapter here. Uh, and maybe it's good that we, quick, we quickly review why Peter's worried about eating these foods. Uh, in the vision, like I said, Peter was shown foods that they weren't allowed to eat and he was told to kill and eat them. They weren't allowed to eat them because of what was known as the Jewish food laws. So, uh, there's a whole range of meat which they were forbidden to eat. They're listed in Leviticus chapter 11. You can go look at that. We're not going to read it together, but pork and some other things are on there. And uh, this, the food laws, the Jewish food laws was a huge matter of, of conversation for generations um, as, it, as it happened. But these food laws uh, served to mark out the Jewish people from their non-Jewish neighbors. It was a rule that was enforced by uh, another rule that said that Jews eat, that their Jewish people could not eat with non-Jewish people, or they could not share table fellowship together. The reasoning was because the people that you sit down with and eat with are family. But the Jewish family was called by God to be separate, to bear witness to his special love and grace to the world, and you must not therefore compromise with the world. That was the basis for the Jewish food laws from Leviticus chapter 11. And it was a passionate, they were passionate in following this for generations. <laughs> but Luke is making something clear in the book of Acts. That things are changing. The invitation is expanding. And the thing which marks out God's people as separate, as his children, is now done by faith and the filling of the Holy Spirit. So get up, Peter. Get up and eat. It's a new day. I want you to go sit with the Romans. It's time for something new. Incredible. So the messengers, they tell Peter that they were sent by Cornelius, this Roman officer. And they all travel from a town called Joppa. I know we, you, maybe you saw it on the, on, the east, on the coast. The Caesarea was way up on the top, and then Joppa was down just a little bit. There was an arrow between them. So that was about 30-plus miles or so. Uh, Peter was in Joppa, and that's where, he, where Cornelius' people found him. They, they got him, and they took him back up to Caesarea. So they traveled from Joppa, where Peter was staying, back up to Caesarea. Cornelius, when they get there, Cornelius uh, greets them, greets Peter. He has gathered a group of friends and family to meet with Peter and to talk with Peter because the Lord showed him that Peter was coming in this vision. And then there's this really awkward moment where Cornelius tries to worship Peter. <laughs> you can go read that. We're not going to read that here together, but it's part of it. So go, go read that. And then now that we've kind of, we have, a, I mean, we're just flying through some of these ideas here because these are significant. But we have kind of a general idea of what makes these food laws so important uh, to them. But Peter wants to make it clear that he's kind of still struggling with this a little bit. So we're going we're gonna to skip to Acts 10, verse 28. Here's what Peter told them when he came into the house. Peter told them, You know that it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or associate with you. <laughs> what a great way to say hi. Hey, Peter, we're glad you're here. 
uh, just so you know, I'm not supposed to be here. You're all terrible, right? Uh, but then it says, but God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean, so I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Whoa. What incredible obedience when he's probably still wrestling with the call that God gave him in that moment. Cornelius then tells Peter about his vision, and he says, after he tells him about his vision, he said, so I sent for you at once, and it was good of you to come. Now look at this line. Now we are all here, waiting before God to hear the message that the Lord has given you. What a moment. Peter gets to walk in to this high-level military officer who's gathered a bunch of friends and family, Romans. Peter, I bet Peter never thought that morning when he woke up, <laughs> I'm going to be able to tell the gospel to a whole bunch of people who I think I should not even talk to. So we're going to read this because I can't summarize it any better uh, than the scripture. So we're going to read the next 10 verses of the scriptures together, starting in verse Verse 34. And my prayer is that as we read this, as we are watching the story, that the Lord just moves here in our hearts and in our minds. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And you know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all that he did uh, throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere, except we thought at first not to you all, (laughs) right? But this is so powerful. But then he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify to everyone that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is, uh, the, he is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on these Gentiles too. What are you doing, God? Powerful moment. In fact, this is considered, uh, a lot of the commentaries will talk about this as another little Pentecost, right? Connected to the first one that we read at the very beginning of Acts. And then it ends like this. For they heard him speaking, and they heard them, that is the Gentiles, because they were filled with the Holy Spirit, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, this is a very transitional moment for Peter. Then Peter asked, well, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have already received the Holy Spirit, just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. What a moment. 
the glorious first century truth here is that Jesus, the Messiah of Israel, that God, ha- God has broken down, has finally and fully in Peter's heart and mind, and in our reading has broken down the barrier between uh, those who are in and those who are supposed to be out, between the Jews and the Gentiles, right? Including those notorious Romans. <laughs> One commentary said he humiliated both of these categories for the Jews because apparently they lose their privileged position as God's only children (laughs) and Gentiles because they have to acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah. And he gave mercy to both groups. Incredible what our God can do. This chapter 10, I'm sure, is startling to Luke's readers. But this moment literally opens up the gospel to the world. (laughs) So, like last week, there are many things that we can learn from this. Many encouragements to take away. Number one, it's just good to be in awe of the scripture. It's just good to be in awe of what we see God doing. So there's many things we can learn, many encouragements we could take away. Uh, One encouragement that I might say, something that's good for us to think about, um, is that I would encourage us... uh, to be reframing what we think is possible with God. Rethink what we think is possible with God, because clearly with God, anything is possible. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) So what are the major roadblocks of your life? Things that you're facing right now. Could be, what are those things that are like those Jewish food laws, or like, we can't sit and eat with those people uh, I, there's no way past it. What are some of those things? Maybe for you, they can be any number of things from practical to emotional to spiritual. What do you consider to be impossible? And how might that be different with God? You might say, well, there's no way that this family member will ever come to know Jesus. Or there's no way I'll ever be able to make it through this challenge or the hardship that I'm facing right now. Maybe as a church, we're thinking, well, there's no way that we'll ever be able to have a major impact on the spiritual life of our community. Sorry, God, it's just impossible. (laughs) Maybe from this story, you can be reminded about how much God cares about all people, including you, and, and how much that he wants each person to respond to the invitation to come be part of the family. And it's good to be reminded just how far he'll go to make it happen. (laughs) I've been thinking a lot this week about how often, and I'll, I'll say we, but maybe I'll say I, about how often I can become too comfortable with small thinking when it comes to God. It's really comfortable to be comfortable, isn't it? But you see, not only was Cornelius and that group in his house changed when they encountered the gospel and received the Spirit, but Peter was changed as well. Someone maybe who thought he had got it all figured out. (laughs) All of a sudden, he's enlightened by God's much wider plan to bring the Gentiles into the family, and he's thinking, I didn't think that was possible. (laughs) Worship team, would you come on back up? What are those major roadblocks in your life? Where is, is there something that you're considering impossible that God might want to do something about it?
take you through. We pray all the time around here, God, will you do more than we can hope, more than we can imagine? This is not our church, it is God's church, right? (laughs) Call us to something great and help us along the way because we want to be part of something that's way too big for us. (laughs) And then, when you do that, because you routinely do that, help us be like Peter, who says, yes, even if we're a little uncertain and terrified. (laughs) Here we go, past the bacon. (laughs) Let's pray.